Hello everyone and welcome to episode 50 of the Unlocking British English podcast, a podcast where I talk about a variety of different topics in real British English so that you can improve your listening comprehension, learn a little bit more about British culture and about how to learn languages more effectively. My name is Shane and in today's episode, because it's a bit of a special episode, the 50th episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're doing uh, questions and answers, ask me anything. So uh, I've got some questions that you guys, the listeners, uh, the listeners have sent in, uh, and I've got Olivia here with me as well. How are you Hello. doing, Olivia? <laughs> yes, I'm good, thank you. Uh, and yeah, so Olivia's going to ask me the questions, I'm going to answer them, and yeah, that's what we're going to do today for episode 50. So yeah, hope you guys enjoy, and um, yeah, I guess we can just jump straight into it. Yeah, thank yes. you. Okay, cool. Just a quick disclaimer, my apologies if I do pronounce any of your names incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will try enough. as best I can. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first question you have is from Jenny, and she's in Hong Kong. So she has said, thank you for your podcast and I like your sharing and tips for learning languages. It's helpful. That's nice to know. Thank you, Jenny. She says, my question is that I understand a standard level of English in listening, but I find it difficult to use appropriate wording in speaking. I always use basic English wording in communication, but I'm rarely able to use a standard level of English as I understand in listening and writing. What advice would you have for her? Yeah, I think I think that's something that a lot of people uh, experience, a lot of people deal with. Like you can understand more than you can say or you understand a lot of words that uh, you can't necessarily think of when it comes time to speaking. Um, and I, I don't know, I think from my experience, I've I really feel like when I can use a word, then it sticks a lot more. Like when I can use a word in a conversation, if I can say it, then it kind of sticks a little bit more. Um, but there are a lot of words that I think like in a general kind of conversation, they don't really come up that often. So I think for me, like something that's helped me with Spanish, for example, has been writing. Um, because writing, I could just kind of I could just write about whatever and just, you know, it gave me the excuse basically to just use random different words, um, yeah, use different structures and different things like that. Um, and then a lot of those words, you know, I kind of, they stick in my mind, they stick out when I hear them. Um, and I think that's just from having used it, having, you know, employed it in, in context and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I think it's normal to, yeah, to understand more than you feel like you can express but I feel like yeah when you can use more of these different words and structures then they stick a little bit more they'll they'll come out more naturally when you speak so I think writing is is a good option um yeah I just write random nonsense I wrote <laughs> <laughs> um wrote about yeah I wrote a film reviewer about going to America I wrote uh, a sort of fake story about my great granddad because he was in the army in the second world war so uh, like a fake story about him um <laughs> jumping out of a plane going to battle um but yeah it was all of those were just random things excuses mm. just to write uh something and use different words so i think writing is a good tool that might help in that situation um but yeah using a word in some kind of way um yeah what do you think 
Yeah, no, I I agree with you, Jenny. I, I find, because I'm also learning Spanish, so I find that I can understand a lot more when I'm listening. And then when I come to speak, it, I get stuck quite mm. a lot. Um, so I have found that just listening or watching TV programs really does help because even if I manage to st string a sentence or put a sentence together in Spanish... I can, because I've heard so much Spanish from my listening, I can hear when the sentence doesn't quite sound right. Mm. Um, so that's quite useful because then I can sort of self-correct. Um, and obviously, which I'm sure you're probably using anyway, but just, um, you know, trying to use some tutors and things or Spanish teachers or, um, mm. yeah, so it'd be the same. Just just kind of practicing as much as you can. And we, we had a bit of a joke because I said to Shane one day, do you ever practice? Spanish conversations randomly in your head <laughs> and, and then I didn't feel quite as strange because Shane said he he does that too so yeah, yeah. I know it sounds silly and you might feel a bit silly but sometimes I do it whilst I'm in the shower for example I just try and practice Spanish conversations and then if I get stuck then I can think oh I can look up how how, how would I say that what I'm trying mm -hmm. to say yeah. Um, so yeah I guess just a case of practicing and it, it will come it just takes work so yeah, keep yeah. At it. the more you listen, the more you hear different stuff, the better it'll stick in your mind. Yeah, but yeah, you can talk to yourself in your head as well <laughs> if you feel that way inclined. Yeah, why so, not? Yes, yeah. okay. are you ready for the second question? Why not? That was a good one to start off with. Yeah, okay, so we've got a question from Nika in Croatia. And they have said, hi, Shane, congratulations on your 50th episode. Thank you. <laughs> um, at what age did you start practicing calisthenics? How do you prepare yourself physically and mentally and what sensations and emotions do you feel up in the air? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I can remember exactly what age I started doing calisthenics. Uh, calisthenics, just in case anyone's not uh, aware of what that is, it's like like body weight exercise, like doing stuff with your body instead of with weights and uh, it can include like different tricks and movements, usually handstands and gymnastic rings, muscle ups, pull ups, push ups, all kinds of different stuff. But it just means doing stuff like with your with your body weight. And yeah, I spent a decent amount of time teaching those kind of things and um, yeah, teaching in CrossFit gyms and stuff like that. I started, mm, I might have been sort of 23, 24 something like that 23 um i mean basically i was i was working as a personal trainer and i was working in a commercial gym uh and i did that for a couple of years probably about 2 years but i just got to the point where i felt a little a little bit limited mm. uh, i was working like with a company um and it was good because they had this kind of structure they were teaching me different stuff or whatever but i got to the point where i felt actually like there their stuff was like holding me back so yeah. I was like oh okay I want to get into this calisthenics I want to do this that and the other and they were like oh okay well you know we can you know develop a course we'll do this you know six nine twelve months and I'm like mm. nah, no I want to <laughs> go do this like tomorrow um so anyway long story short I left the commercial gym where I was working and went to start like just training on my own out of a CrossFit gym and that's when I started like doing calisthenics and I was just, I just learned kind of by myself. I just learned trying <laughs> random stuff. Um, and yeah, you know, in terms of like preparation, I guess, you know, it, it's something that when people talk about calisthenics, a lot of people will say, oh, you have to be really strong to do that, don't you? And 
if you think about like really advanced stuff, then yes, that would be true. But like I said, calisthenics is actually just doing exercise with your body weight. So like doing a plank, for example, where you just support your weight or like supporting yourself at the top of a press up, for example, a, a squat, you know, all of those things are calisthenics. So, um, you know, I, I, I spent quite a few years developing uh, first I wanted to try and do a handstand. That was the first little trick mm. that I wanted to do. <laughs> so I was like trying to learn that. That took me, you know, a few years probably to get down. You know, I started doing it like where I was sort of walking or falling. Yeah. <laughs> I was like walking on my hands, falling. I had like a big like banana arch in my back where my legs were like hanging over. It was all messy. Yeah. You know, so it took me a long time to get to a point where I could like hold a handstand and be stable and then... Um, it's, yeah, it was all kind of gradual, you know, I was learning um, and I was then kind of teaching and, you know, the more I learned, the more I was able to teach. And then after a few years, I got to a point where, yeah, I was going off and teaching workshops, like I say, going to teach at different CrossFit gyms and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, the preparations just it's yeah consistency doing I used to train I guess like three times a week mm. um just being consistent with that and yeah over the course of let's say three years I went from not being able to do very much to being able to at least teach and, and do some fairly cool stuff um the feeling of doing it I <laughs> guess is is um well obviously it, it feels really cool it feels really like exciting or whatever it depends what you're doing sometimes yeah. it's very difficult <laughs> um painful but I guess like on a larger scale the, the the thing that drew me towards it was when I was working in a commercial gym just with dumbbells and resistance machines and things I, I got I don't know there's a lot of you know people want to look good which is fine but then I was a bit like but for what now what okay you look like you're in good shape you look like your body can do stuff yeah what can it actually do yeah. and it obviously you know if that's not your goal then that's fine but for me that was what started sort of yeah that kind of sparked my curiosity and mm. and so that was I guess like what I was chasing you know was the ability to do these different things these different tricks and moves and yeah. uh, that feeling of kind of being in control of your body being able to um feeling less limited in some senses you know you feel stronger you feel more confident about what you can do um you know in any given kind of situation yeah. you know i don't know any kind of given physical situation um not that you necessarily need to do a lot of different stuff and certainly uh we can all live without being able to do handstands but <laughs> having the stability uh you know to hold a lot of weight over your head mm. that's a good skill to have you know having the stability to keep your spine in line to keep your core strong um you know all that thing, all those things so you know the the tricks aren't necessarily the you know the thing it's the the strength and all of the physical ability that you get from training those things i think i guess but yeah the feeling was was yeah excitement and and stuff like that I guess I don't yeah know. I think yeah. it just has different goalposts compared to somebody working out in the gym and thinking mm. right this week actually I've gone up a weight which that's great progression in in sort of being able to yeah, lift weights yeah, but exactly. I think with calisthenics it's almost that skill progression and you know obviously I did a very small amount with you but even from starting out with you 
I then saw how I was my strength increased and just how my body got used to holding certain positions, which mm. I hadn't ever had to do before. So I think it's quite cool with calisthenics because you have different goals that will build up towards this new skill that you could potentially do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah everyone has different goals, but yeah, I like it. So <laughs> cool. Okie doke. This is going to go on a very different tangent. So okay. Carolina from Brazil. And their question is, how to have a better relationship with British people? Okay, so I think <laughs> uh, for context, I think maybe where this question comes from, I made an episode a few episodes ago that was called Don't Come to the UK to Learn English. Right. Uh, and the point of that episode more or less was, you know, don't come here with the assumption that living in England will make learning English like a given that you'll just learn because you live here right. because what happens for a lot of people is you come here you can't speak the language if you come here as an adult you're you know well if you come here like to go to university for example mm -hmm. then you're surrounded by people you have these different social situations you can yeah. interact when you come here as an adult it can be harder to do those things and obviously when you don't speak the language uh, you know, it's really hard to go out and, and you know, just make friends and, and, yeah. and have a so social circle of English people. Yeah. It's difficult to get a job in which you're communicating in English because, of course, you're not feeling that competent yeah. in communicating English. That was my point with that. So right. I'm assuming that maybe that's come from something to do with that. You know, how how would you, you know, build a better relationship? I mean, I don't know if there's anything specifically about like British people, uh, so to speak. I, you know, because obviously that's already a fairly broad term. Yeah. Uh, making friends with, with me is making is different than to making friends with our neighbours and you know whatever else. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's any tricks <laughs> to to making friends with uh to with British people specifically. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think there is a anything that about British people that you could not like. necessarily British people, um, but I would say that there's definitely, I think regardless of whatever country you kind of move to or any situation, it, I think there are ways to make friends as an adult, which we've experienced ourselves. So, for example, we both go to a salsa club, a salsa school to dance, mm -hmm. and actually we've made quite a few friends through that as an adult and I know we've had this conversation before because it's quite hard as an adult to make friends and I think you will naturally make friends within your job um and it is having to get past that barrier that language barrier but actually I think you'll find the majority of people are happy to help you and will still be able to understand even if it is slightly broken English so I think it's important to you know, try and try and converse as much as you can with those people that are surrounded by you, because actually no one's going to be angry at you for for not being able to speak a proper sentence in English or getting anything incorrect, because I think you will find that the majority of British people are nice <laughs> and will want to help you. But I think, yeah, putting yourself in situations where, you know, maybe there's clubs at your university um, that's of interest to you or sports clubs or I don't know, team games or um, yeah, things I think like that, that would help. To find an activity, find something yeah. like that would be the the piece of advice. Um, because, yeah, I think, uh, you know, as adults, there's no conventional system set up no. for you to meet new people. So, you know, I think that it's very easy to move here and not really 
meet that many people you know yeah. and then if you find someone that speaks your native language and that's all a lot easier and yeah I think if you can you know you have to go out of your way to put yourself in different situations you're gonna have to make things happen yeah. um, and I think if you if you go to something like a class for example obviously you know we talked about dance but you know whatever it is pottery or martial arts it doesn't matter um going to something like that it takes the pressure off I think because everyone's mm -hmm. there for something specifically it's not like you you're going somewhere like with the specific aim of making friends it's no. like you're going somewhere like speed dating for friends <laughs> um it's it, it's you know everyone has this common goal this common thing that and everyone's going to talk about and then from a language perspective there's going to be lots of repetition of the same vocabulary yeah, <clears> excuse me um there's going to be you know that you you're going to know a little bit already about like what people are talking about because there's the context of whatever it is that you're yeah. doing so you're going to pick up a lot of different stuff and then it's just a case of you know filling in the blanks so to speak but yeah I think that um yeah there's there's I don't think British people are particularly uh unfriendly um you know it's going to depend on the situation a little bit but yeah. yeah you know if you put yourself out there then I think most people will be happy to try and engage with you so yeah, yeah. I, th I think you know if you're honest and say that you've just moved to the country I don't think it would take you long to find somebody who would be like happy to show you around or happy mm. to take you out for a drink or some food and to to help you out so yeah I think it's it, it's just having a bit of courage a bit of bravery to kind of just put yourself out there initially so um yeah, yeah find a class of something go to that I think that's going to be your best bet yeah, that's the I easiest way so. yeah that's what I would do if I was going to move somewhere yeah <laughs> your laptop making a sound I think so sorry about that but no, yeah that's a good question hurt. really interesting mm. um okay so the next question is from Chris in Spain and they've said what do you admire in a person <laughs> yeah um <laughs> I mean it, I guess it depends you know on what kind of relationship you're looking for in that person if you're talking about in like in general I guess I guess it's passion is the the thing I, I suppose you know when someone's passionate about what they do and they care about what they do and not necessarily to like there's some obsessive level where you're just like you're only about this one thing but yeah I've, I've, I think in general I've always been drawn more to people that are yeah very passionate about what they do that um are a little bit more serious about what they do when they're doing that at least mm -hmm. again doesn't mean you have to be only that but yeah I think if I think about people that I admire on like a grander scale yeah. let's say it's 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 that's the common denominator the thing that links all of these different people um yeah I don't know I think I've probably admired different people for different reasons along the um. years but that would be that'll be my guess the Passion. link yeah it's a bit vague already still but anyway <laughs> it's you know it's something um, yeah, interesting I wouldn't yeah. even know where to start with that about what I admire in people no uh, you know I think I guess you know because you, you don't really think about that when you're meeting people you just meet no. people and then, and then you know maybe a situation arises and you say oh that was a I mean you're probably not going to say oh that was an admirable thing that person <laughs> did but you might just no. think oh that was cool or that was you know that was nice or I don't know yeah uh, I guess it's something you reflect on a little bit I feel like I might have been 
asked that question in like a podcast of some sort or some some situation mm. before anyway yeah that's gonna be my answer so. interesting passion okay next question is from bernie in peru and they've said what good shows are worth watching to learn a british accent wow um I, a lot of people ask me this especially when i have classes i have like new students and i talk and things like that mm. people ask me about like what's a good show to learn um or to use to learn and i don't know it's difficult i think that there probably aren't many shows i don't know if there would be any shows specifically that i would say like this is a good show to use to learn there might be shows where you that you could say mm, maybe don't spend so much time with this because oh it's lots of slang or yeah. maybe don't oh, it's really um I don't know because you know the problem that we have with English is there's so much variety. So first of all, you know, an yeah. English accent or it could mean lots of things. A person from Manchester sounds very different to how I speak. Yeah. Uh, they sound very different to how they speak in Newcastle and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, you know, so if you're thinking about learning the British accent because you're planning on moving somewhere specifically, then maybe you could try and find something that is based there or has actors that are mm -hmm. based, uh, that come from there or something like that. But I think that, I guess, I mean, the first place I always start is, you know, things that you actually like. Yeah, um, <laughs> Because, yeah, ultimately you're going to have to spend a decent amount of time watching stuff paying attention listening whatever um and so you know if you don't find things you like then that's gonna not be a pleasant experience and you probably just won't continue so mm -hmm. you know things that you like are gonna draw you in um more um i know it sounds obvious but i still think it's important um and i and then i guess you know you maybe the only thing i would say is you Again, if you're thinking about, you know, I want to understand British people because I want to speak with British people, I'm going to move to England, whatever. Maybe then focus on more like real life English, so to speak. So I think maybe sometimes there's a tendency because of the type of shows that we have and stuff to think that the way British people speak is very formal. Yeah. It's very um, sort of, I, I, I don't think many people think that life is like Downton Abbey, but it's kind <laughs> of close the way we speak or whatever, the accent and the pronunciation and everything. And um, yeah, that's very rarely true. Um, so I think, you know, the, the big formal historic costume dramas and stuff like that, again, if you enjoy it, then it's fine. It's all good. It's all English. It's all going to help. But if you, you know, if you find that you have a problem with, you know, walking down the high street and talking to someone, walking into mm. the, you know, a, a corner shop and talking to someone, then, yeah, you know, things like soap operas, for example, yeah. um, if you're into that kind of thing, um, you know, maybe reality TV shows and different stuff like that, you know, you can find different types. Obviously, there's all kinds of different things where you have people just talking a little bit normally and of yeah. course you have people you know presenting and acting or whatever in different situations but um yeah i mean again it's going to depend on your goals but maybe that would be my advice is mm. if you struggle with more like let's say real life day-to-day -day english yeah. then yeah you know things like 
you know, some EastEnders Coronation yeah. Street or, 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 you know, the Great British Bake Off or Strictly yeah. Come Dancing or yeah. I don't know, you know, whatever it is you like, we've got a reality TV show for it. So don't <laughs> worry, you know, if you want gardening, we've got gardening, Cooking, whatever it is. Master Chef. Yeah, Master <laughs> Chef. We've got all kinds of things. So, yeah. Um, yeah, find things you like, find things that are maybe a little bit more real, so to speak. But beyond that, I don't know how much I'd be able to be able to help but other than just listen just watch it's all good stuff I think Um, it's quite as you were saying it's quite specific so it's almost it's almost a conversation to have you know for example if you you could ask Shane directly and just say this is what I'm into could you recommend some some yeah feel free to send me another message um Um, yeah if you have specific things yeah 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 cool okay ready for the next question yeah yeah okay so this one's from amon in brazil and they've said could you make a podcast talking about the main differences between scotland and england yeah so i'm definitely gonna do that it's been in it's been in my little list of future episode ideas plans uh (laughs) for a while um it's something that I, I want to do a little bit more research on, so I just kind of haven't got around to it. Yeah. Um, because I think at like first glance for me, I don't know what you would think, but <laughs> it doesn't seem like that different, you know, like, mm-hmm. okay, Scotland's a different country, um, you know, technically, but it, you know, we can drive to Scotland now. Yeah. It'll take us a while, but we can yeah. drive to Scotland now. There's no border or whatever, or this different stuff. It's just, and it doesn't feel like, anything changes so much i mean um but there is different things mm-hmm. you know the culture in scotland is a little bit different to 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 how it is in england and yeah. of course there's you know very storied long storied history uh, wars and political issues <laughs> and all kinds of different stuff that has affected the way that scottish people think about english people and english people think about scottish people and and that rivalry that tension plays into some of these differences i think to some degree mm-hmm. but yeah it's something that i wanted to you know kind of go through a little bit of the history and stuff and and do a bit more of a serious episode on because um you know i think i think if you take it at face value our oh, english people eat this and scottish people eat that it's all a bit meaningless there's no real yeah. there's not that much stuff there but i think if you can understand a little bit of the history um then you can start to understand a little bit of kind of where uh the differences come from um mm. why they're you know because there is this kind of if, a, if you meet a scottish person it's fine there's no thing there's no tension oh, yeah. there's no anything but if you're with a group of english people talking about scotland or if you're with a group of scottish people talking about england then there's going to be not tension necessarily but there's going to be jokes or there's going to be yeah banter you know some people will take it more seriously or whatever you know there there is some stuff there and there are some differences but it's the kind of thing that you know it's not that there aren't huge differences it's not america and bulgaria or no it's not it's not not brazil versus france um there are there are more nuanced differences i think have you ever been to scotland no i would like to we did talk about perhaps looking into uh hiring like a camper van or something to <laughs> yeah. and maybe traveling around but i guess for language learners one of the biggest differences the hardest thing will be the accent when they speak because mm. i speak to quite a lot of scottish people th- th- through my job mm. um and 
even I as an English speaker, even though they're speaking English, mm -hmm. because of their accent, it's so strong. Even I can, I've struggled to understand sometimes just because of the difference and they might find the same about me. Um, yeah. And different sayings and phrasings and things. Yeah, definitely the, the language is, is different. The pronunciation, the accent is very different. Um, mm. You know, it's a sort of slightly different dialect, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but yeah yeah you can definitely struggle um yeah i usually say to people like if a scottish pe person is speaking to me then it's usually fine but if a scottish person is speaking to another scottish person <laughs> then like there's it's maybe uh, it's a bit i have to focus a little <laughs> bit a little bit more yeah. uh, and i think it's probably the same um for them but um yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think there are probably some interesting differences, but it's something I would like to dedicate uh, a whole podcast to. So mm. Yeah, no, that makes um, sense. That'll yeah. be an interesting podcast. So good Hopefully. suggestion there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And we've got um, a question from Claudia in Mexico. And she has said, where is your favorite place you've ever been to? Yeah, very difficult. Um I have been quite lucky to be able to travel to a few different places. So I have seen a decent amount of places, but there's also quite a lot of places that I haven't been to yet uh, that I would really like to visit. Like Italy, for example, is somewhere that I've never actually been, uh, but very like to very much like to visit. Um, so maybe there's some places that yeah I've still yet to see, but. Um, what comes to mind? The first places that come to mind, I think, um, Seattle in America. Uh, I really, really liked Seattle. Um, I think it just, it was, it has a bit of everything. So when I went there, I got quite lucky because it was very nice weather. It was very mm. hot. Usually Seattle, from what I understand, is quite rainy. That would yeah. be fine for me because it rains here anyway. So I don't think it's that much different. But you know, it's this really cool city. It's got a really cool um, musical culture, which is one good thing. But it has, so it's this big kind of American city, which for us is, you know, it's, it's quite cool because, yeah. um, you know, obviously we have cities here, but everything in America is a bit bigger. So yeah. all the buildings are bigger, all the roads are bigger, everything. The city is just more... Doubled in size. Exactly. <laughs> and it's all it's all quite grand. So um, you have that element, but that, I'm not really so much of a city person. So that was more of just like a, oh, look, it looks like on TV, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, you know, it's by the sea. So you kind of have the beach and the pier and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it's also close to mountains um so you can go like to the beach in the morning you can go nice. skiing in the afternoon and then go <laughs> out in the city at night i don't know how logistically feasible <laughs> that is i think it might be lots of driving but the point is it's very that it just has a bit of everything um i really liked seattle um i really enjoyed malaysia as well um i didn't spend very much time in malaysia but um, I wouldn't know to tell you one place in sp specifically. We went to three different cities. Uh, I'm not going to try and remember all of them off the top of my head because I don't think I can. Um, but uh, it was just so beautiful. Everything was just so... It's very different to anything mm. that I had ever seen before because, of course, you know, if you go to Europe, things are different to... Yeah. Well, let's say Europe, obviously, we go to the the rest of Europe. Uh, you go to France or Spain or whatever. It's different to how it is in England. 
but at the same time it's not so different yeah um you know and you go to malaysia from southampton that's very very different yeah. and yeah it was i just hadn't really experienced anything like that the nature the buildings the temples all kinds of different um stuff i don't know if people can hear the plane i don't think they can hear it that much it sounds no. loud to us we live really close to an airport so sometimes the planes come over really loud yeah so, so if, you, if you didn't you heard what <laughs> if, you didn't, just said. <laughs> if you didn't hear any uh, of the plane then that sounds really random but anyway <laughs> um yeah so i think seattle was really cool um uh, malaysia was was really awesome mm. um off the top of my head those maybe those would be two places uh that i really liked um yeah <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. sure there's other places quebec was very cool in canada really like that yeah. um yeah very cool okay mm. and the last question it's from Nika in Croatia again. Okay, yeah. Nika's Nika sent a few questions. So I didn't include ah, all of them, Nika, but thank you very much. Obviously has some good questions. <laughs> and I like this question because it's simple, but it's fun. Are you a cat or a dog person? Yeah, I'm definitely a dog person. <laughs> um, when I was younger, I had a dog. Uh, it was called Sammy. And so, yeah, I just I grew up with a dog rather than a cat. We might have had a cat at points, but, um, yeah, I don't really remember having cats and things. So I guess I never really developed so much of a connection. I don't dislike cats, but if I'm going to choose, then I would choose dogs. Uh, <laughs> just find them more fun. You can do more stuff with them. They usually want to play more. Depends yes. on the cat and on the dog. Yeah. But, um, yeah, cats are... I don't. Cats sometimes, you know, if I meet someone else's dog... I'm never nervous or never yeah. anything. Just like, oh, yeah, it's fine. But if I meet someone else's cat, I, know, I don't <laughs> know until they tell me what the deal is with this particular cat. Yeah. Because some cats are just not going to leave you alone until you stroke them. Mm. And other cats are going to sort of scratch you and bite you if you yeah. sit near them. So um, I remember when I was in America and I stayed, I was staying in someone's house in uh, Dallas in Texas and they had a couple of cats and one of them just decided it didn't like me at night. I was just like, <laughs> I went to the toilet. I think I was coming back and it was just sort of looking at me and I got a bit nervous and then it started like running towards <laughs> me and I literally ran away. I literally ran away from this cat and ran into my room. Um, but just little things like that, you know, just sometimes yeah. cats just decide that they don't, they, they don't like you. And it's, it's weird because obviously a dog could do that but that never occurs to me that a dog is going to just decide it doesn't like me no um, cats are just the best word to describe them is contrary hmm. especially when i think of like my cat or my mum's cat hmm. so one minute she'll be sat next to you and she'll be wanting all of the love all of <laughs> the strokes and then she can just turn really yeah. really quickly and then all of a sudden no no she's had enough and she'll scratch you and then she's gone but yeah dogs yeah. the majority of the time always seem so happy to see you and i think they're just a bit more responsive maybe to cats but yeah maybe yeah yeah i think so i would i'm a dog person what are you a dog person or a cat person well i've always grown up with cats and I've always been more of a cat person. However, as I've got older, I've encountered more and more dogs. And I do love dogs. So I feel like I'm 50-50. I, I love them both. Fair enough. <laughs> if I I'm mean, allowed to do that. I guess the, the good thing is you don't actually have to choose one or the other. So. I don't have to choose yeah. one or the other. No, yeah. so. 
So, yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah, I guess we did have a few more questions, but uh, I don't know how long we've been going for, but I didn't want this to go on forever. So <laughs> I picked out a few questions, a bit of variety. And so, yeah, if I didn't That's include true. your question, sorry, but uh, I will save it for next time uh, when we get to episode 100. Yeah. Uh, I'll have more stuff going on anyway. But thank you very much to everyone that sent in questions it's really cool and thank you to everyone that's listening um if you want to support the podcast remember that you can sign up to the patreon you can get access to bonus episodes weekly bonus episodes um and yeah obviously if you know people that you think would enjoy this podcast then let them know uh, let them know it's here they can get it on spotify on itunes whatever they want to do so um yeah it's really cool to see everyone that's kind of listening so far obviously i can kind of see a little bit of the statistics or whatever on the on the podcast and it seems like kind of you know more and more people come in each week and and it's growing and stuff so yeah thank you very much um to all of you that are listening i really appreciate it it's really cool um as always if you have you know questions in general uh things you would like to suggest for future episodes just get in contact with me all of the details are in the description box wherever you're listening to this episode so yeah we're gonna leave it here for now but thank you very much for listening i hope you guys enjoyed it and i look forward to speaking to you again in the next one <laughs>